Welcome to the First Intuition Podcast. On this episode, Dave and I are joined by Catherine and Ewan from The One Group. We discuss LinkedIn profiles and how you can use them to develop your personal brand and professional persona. We recorded the session in front of a live Zoom audience, and if you'd like to join a future show, you can register for them. We've put a link in the show notes. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the First Intuition Student Forum and Podcast. My name is Ben Bullman, and I'm joined this evening with a live audience of students and my good friend and colleague, David Malthouse. Good evening, Dave. Good evening, Ben. And what's this week brought for you? This week has brought for me lots of teaching, which for people that know me is really when I am absolutely in my element. I love being in the classroom. I have been teaching students across my region. I've taught courses this week in Ipswich, Cambridge. I've been teaching in Peterborough today, the fine city of Peterborough. And it's looking likely I'm going to be up in Norwich tomorrow. And a milestone for me in my teaching career, I have this week for the first time taught one of the brand new AAT qualification 2022 units. How's your week going? Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm a week further down the road from you in terms of AAT new syllabus because I, I taught my second week of AAT, um, AAT this week. Um, but yeah, good. Some teaching, still speaking to lots and lots of people starting on their accountancy career. So we, we're still getting um, apprentices signing up and new students starting and people really kind of looking forward to, to their careers within accountancy. Um, today, I, I had the, the pleasure of meeting a student who I last saw before we had lockdown for COVID and it was one of my AAT evening class stu uh, students where I'd had this, I'd had a lovely group of AAT evening class students and I'd seen them week after week after week um, and then COVID brought that to an end and I saw one of them back in tent today now studying for ACCA and it was it really, really nice. It almost made me think that that whole thing that went on for a couple of years didn't happen and we were back to normal. So it was really, really nice to see that, um, that although COVID I think had slowed down her progression, but she's still carrying on and still you know, aiming to be ACCA qualified within the next couple of years. So that was yeah, a really highlight of my day today when it was bumping into that student again. Brilliant. It's one of that there are lots of nice aspects to our job, but that is one of my highlights. Seeing students that have progressed and thinking back, oh wow, I remember seeing you when you first started, and now you've developed, you've moved on, you've gone through the various levels and the various qualifications. I think it's something that we get a really privileged insight into people's professional study lives and, and journey. And yeah. that's fantastic. And then Friday this week, I've got, um, so two days time, I'm recording a special episode of the podcast, which is one of my um, finance in different areas of industry specials. So hot on the heels of football finance and fashion finance and food finance. Guess which one we've got this Friday, Ben? I'm, I'm guessing it begins with F. Um, but I'm struggling to think where we might have gone with another industry sector. F and finance. Um, you can't use that one, Ben. That's a bit rude. I'm <laughs> I just realised what I've said. I'm going to go with farming, but I don't think it is farming. It's not farming. We actually did run out of F words that we could we could use and, and still keep it decent. So we've we've changed the name slightly, and it's going to be the cost of construction. 
So I've got some people from the construction industry and we're going to be looking at um, how finance operates in the construction industry. So I know from your financial accounting perspective, there's loads of fun stuff with how you account for those big construction contracts. But I'm really interested in finding out about how they're coping at the moment with the uncertainty that we've got in terms of housing markets and cost increases and um, what their views are with things like interest rates changing and mortgages and whether that's going to have an impact on people buying new homes and things like that. So loads of really cool questions <coughs> I'm looking at. And I'm always going to ask the question that I, I try and ask of every single person, in every industry, what are they doing about the environmental impact of businesses that they work in? Uh, and we know that, you know, it, it was really good with food because food has obviously got a massive carbon footprint, but construction has got a, a has got a, a, an environmental impact. And I know lots of building companies are, are, are trying to do a lot of work to try and reduce the impact that they have environmentally. So looking forward to asking some of those questions on Friday. Brilliant. And podcast listeners look out for that as a special downloadable episode should be released in the next couple of weeks following this one so if you're a regular podcast downloader you're going to have a bonus episode for another listen to dave and his privileged group of guests cool well we've got some guests tonight it's not just ben and dave this evening i'm going to introduce them individually in a moment but um we thought tonight's topic would be really relevant Lots of people still getting to grips with the world of professional finance. And one of the tools increasingly we are seeing students and colleagues using is LinkedIn to try and develop their own personal brand, their own personal persona. So I had a coffee with our two guests a few weeks ago, and it was something they mentioned. We've actually started thinking about some ideas here, some training that could be available some how-to tips and guides. So I'm going to go first of all this evening to Catherine. Good evening, Catherine. How are you? Good evening. Yeah, very well. Thank you. Thanks for having us on here. No problem. So if you've been a regular listener from the, the podcast right from day one, Catherine has actually been on an episode of the FI podcast before, all the way back in June 2021, Catherine. If mm. you can rack your brains back until then. Um, you'll be pleased to know I looked up the stats earlier today and it's one of our more popular episodes so that's good welcome back I think we're, we're now nearly up to 400 downloads for that episode which is really really good and if you wanted to go back and listen to what Catherine said first time around with us the episode is still available so go back to June 21 and you'll find the episode but but Catherine for the benefit of people that haven't listened to that I wonder if you could just do a bit more of a formal introduction yeah. What do you do and what's your background? Yeah. Um, so um, evening, everyone. My name is Catherine Wallace and I work currently at the One Group. Well, I say currently for the last 10 years, actually. So I've been here quite a long time. No plans to move on. Um, I'm operations director here. So I look after all of the sort of uh, all the recruiters across all of the divisions that we have. Um, my background is finance recruitment. So I joined the One Group 10 years ago. Prior to that, had my own business um, doing finance recruitment and had worked for a couple of corporates before that as well. More years than I'll uh, than I'll quote on here because you're all so much younger than me. But um, but yeah, so very much my heart in finance recruitment and uh, been working with First Intuition actually for for probably a good eight of those ten years. Started off with a introduction with um, Gareth and then got to know Ben probably a few years after in Peterborough, didn't we? And uh, yeah, I've been maintaining contact ever since. 
So yes, absolutely in the in the the cut and thrust of the finance recruitment world. But my kind of uh, my perspective is a bit broader than just finance now. Um, so yeah, picking up the other divisions that we have as well. Well, welcome back. Thank you for giving Thank you. up some time in an evening after work to come and talk to us. Um, we officially can now call you a friend of the podcast because you've come back for more than one oh, episode. That's cute. I'll take that. <laughs> Brilliant. But you're joined this evening with a colleague. So let me then go across my screen and say hello to Ewan. Good evening. Evening, Ben. Evening, everyone. So Ewan, what's your background and what's your current role working with Catherine and other colleagues at the One Group? Yeah, so um, my background is, is well, at the moment, I'm um, working as a senior consultant across accountancy and finance for the Cambridge region for the One Group. Uh, been with the company for a year and a half, so I'm still at the coalface, so still still recruiting and then, yeah, essentially just starting accounting and finance, actually looking at the senior finance market. Um, and now we're, we're looking at the sort of part qualified, newly qualified market, so hopefully you can, can add some value. Um, but prior to that, this was, uh, I guess, my, my first uh, first job, sort of fresh out of university, it was, a, was a grad in um, marketing and management. So I studied at the University of East Anglia before for that, um, but then thought marketing probably uh, probably wasn't for me in the end, having had a, had a couple of stints, mainly doing, um, mainly doing market research for, for displays, which is uh, about as interesting, uh, you know, uh, as, as I think it sounds, sitting and looking at footfall of people walking past, how many price points are on there, a lot of uh, data entry uh, that wasn't really uh, ticking all my boxes, really. Sounds sounds better than it is. You're not really selling it to me for that one. I think that the title probably sounds more glamorous than the, the day job. So, yeah, no, I, I think so. But um, yeah, the, the one group and uh, yeah, keen to continue and hopefully build a good career. So you guys both from the perspective of you have employers, all different sizes come to you and say, we need to find somebody to fill gaps, vacancies within our finance team. But I know you also spend a lot of time with candidates or people trying to develop their careers, what sorts of things they should be kind of showing. So that's where tonight's kind of topic has come from. And I suppose my first question, and I'll probably go to Catherine with this to start with you and chip in if you want to. Um, traditionally, it was a CV, wasn't it? At school, college, we are taught how to write a CV. We write one. What we then do with it going forward is, is probably more down to us. But thinking back to our topic of LinkedIn, do you think that your <clears throat> social media profile is actually replacing or has already replaced the need for a more formal CV? Um, I think probably not. I mean, that's a, a bit contradictory because actually when I interview people, I do use LinkedIn and I, I'm not too fussed about CVs. But then that's because recruitment is largely a personality driven and um, sort of attitude driven sector. So we're looking for other things. I mean, I think probably most of our clients would still like to CV to see a CV. And if we suggested to them, you know, just just look on LinkedIn, it probably wouldn't look overly great on our part. So it's part of the package, I guess, of going forward for an interview is to to have a nicely presented CV. Um, you know I think some sectors are particularly kind of lent towards that particularly in marketing you know you and you might have seen yourself you know working with a heavy portfolio and a beautiful CV that's full of pictures and colours and graphics you know that's absolutely still going strong there but in terms of the traditional CV I, I don't think we'll be getting out of writing them anytime soon um, because a lot of employers you know still recruit in quite traditional ways 
um, you know, we live and breathe networking and people and relationships. And for us, LinkedIn is a very central part to that. So for us, you know, we've sort of moved across to, to really relying on LinkedIn. Um, it, it does tell you far more than a CV because, of course, you can follow somebody's profile, their post, their activity and see so much about what they're engaging with and the kind of language that they're using and, the, you know, the sort of sort of things that they're interested in. So it does take you further than a CV, which we can talk about at some point, you know, where that can get you into trouble as well. Um, but I think certainly, you know, unfortunately, we do need to hang on to our CVs and, uh, you know, occasionally lose them and have that awful job of having to sort of try and remember back however many years and uh, start writing it again. So, yeah, once you've written it, just don't lose it. But I would be certainly hanging on to it for the foreseeable because I'm not sure that all employers have quite caught up. Mm. I guess um, yeah, just a little bit to, to add to that, I guess the way I'd probably sort of see it is it's kind of replacing the business card instead. Um, so it's kind of, you know, the, the virtual way you know, we're actually looking at it, you know, getting QR codes to scan to get our LinkedIn instead of business codes. Uh, so business cards, one, you know, more environmentally friendly. Um, and two, you know, it, it's just a profile that's right there and a lot easier to, to access and um, more addition, you know, more in addition to than instead of. Cool. Excellent. So if we're thinking of LinkedIn profiles being viewed by or potentially anyone, I guess. What sorts of things do you think would be essential on your your LinkedIn profile, you and maybe to you for this one first? Are there any key things that you think it's really important that are are there? Yeah, um, I think the first ones are, are quite quite obvious. So you know, just a profile picture of yourself. You know, people like to see a friendly face, and I guess the main thing of it is you know just building you know building um, you know up your image outside of just your name on a bit, bit of paper. Because I guess, you know, about this is personal branding and you want as many touch points as you can. So, you know, understand that you're, you're a person, this is what you offer. You know, you can sort of make it look like however you want your personality to come across as can be your profile. So that's probably the, the main, main one initially. Um, the About You page, um, you yeah, know, this is a really good chance essentially to have freedom to, to write essentially where you're at in your career, what you're doing, you know, what you think your skills are. Um, a lot of the time we don't see that, um, you know, don't see that on people's um, people's profiles. Or maybe it's a generic, you know, I'm working at XX company, we do this, you know, this work, this we regard ourselves as X. But um, there's a real good chance there essentially for you to, you know, put in essentially where you're at now, where you want to be. You know, if you're driven to, you know, completing your AAT, then do ACCA, you know, you can put that there. And, you know, the benefit of, that being there is essentially, um, you know, for internal and, you know, external networking slash, um, I guess, promotion to yourself to clients as well. Um, so, you know, if you're in a company, there's a lot of people that won't, won't know yourselves. There's a lot of people, especially in, you know, these companies with, you know, not just a core finance function, but, you know, separate controls teams and things like that. Um, you know, there's going to be people you don't speak to. So if you can summarize yourself and use that as another tool to, to get across someone, and that would be great. And of course, just keeping yourself up to date in terms of your work experience, where you're at, and maybe just bullet pointing your key responsibilities of, of what you're doing. Um, just again, shows people in the company, you know, what you're doing, working with clients, you know, if you're working with a, a specific client, they see that you offer this service as well as this, you know, it might, might bring more business in and um, yeah, just promote yourself in a, um, a more wide path. So there is also 
Oh, sorry, well, Catherine, go for it. I was it. just going to say there is also opportunity to sort of get references and testimonials. So if you do something particularly good for a client and they're really happy with the work that you've done or, you know, you get promoted and your boss or your colleague can say something really nice about you, there is opportunity on LinkedIn to, to have some people, I think it was, is it give you kudos and there's sort of little sort of um, actions yeah. that your colleagues can do just to sort of, uh, you know, show the particular skills that you've got, which is quite nice as well. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a really good point. And I think it, it adds another dimension to your credibility, doesn't it? If, if other people have said things about you on your profile, presumably mm. positive. I can actually see a comment in the chat box that might be a nice point to link this back. Somebody has been doing some, some voluntary work to try and get back into the world of work. And I guess it would be perfectly acceptable if you've been volunteering your services to ask somebody, oh, could you actually... Um, write a nice almost yeah. review on my LinkedIn profile make sure you're you're putting that down because it's good it shows that you have taken initiative you have gone out there you've given your time and developed some skills but if somebody else can actually give a, a testimonial on your profile that would yeah. leverage the power of the voluntary work for yourself wouldn't it yeah yeah, yeah definitely a good opportunity yeah there's also the voluntary you know you can put the volunteering section and um, so as well you know you can link that to to that and highlight that that's what you've been up to um you know say the reasons why and again that's a, a great place for you to um to be able to actually you know put that in the i guess the more bulky description of it or again in the, the about you profile first thing someone sees you know you've been um been, been out of work and you know you've been doing this volunteering to get back into it and you're keen to take your next step into you know get back into it fully so great opportunity there Dave, maybe if I could ask you to chip in at this point, I think something else that adds credibility is the education section of your LinkedIn profile. Have you got much experience of, of students putting first intuition down there and using that as another almost like a badge of credibility to their LinkedIn? Yeah, it's, it's something that I, I, I always look at, you know, when I look through a profile of someone and I kind of think I know them or something like that, and it does give you touch points as to whether, yeah, you, you do actually know that person. I always love to see the people at first intuition because then I look at their job title and what they're doing and think about, you know, how, you know, what kind of career they've had. But yeah, it's, it is something that, that is worth putting there. I, I always tend to think that you've got to go quite deep to get there. So, you know, most people are going to, you know, be looking at the first part of your first part of profile to see what you're about, and then they'll dig a little bit deeper afterwards. Um, one of the things that I would say in general about LinkedIn is that, you know, I, I've, I've used LinkedIn for you know, probably getting on for 15 years now, um, and I've never once used LinkedIn to find myself a new job. Um, and, and that's not you know, the, the, what I see necessarily the, the purpose of it is, for me, the purpose is, as I think that, that, um, that someone said earlier, was that um, it's, it's like your business card, but it's kind of like your business card where you can see everyone else's business cards as well. And you can see what other businesses are doing. And, and that's what I get real value from is I, I, I get more understanding of what's going on in the markets. And if someone comes to me and says, oh, yeah, Dave, there's a, there's, a, there's a window broken in the building. We need to get a glazer that can fit a window in an office building that's five floors high. I, I'm certain I can just go to my network and I can find someone that is a glazer that can do that, a firm that can do that, because I know people that work in loads of windows companies around here. So it really helps me with that, that kind of, you know, where you have the old fashioned, like, 
Rolodex or black book full of contact details. That's that's my equivalent of a Rolodex right now. So uh, and I feel a lot closer to those people than I would have done if I just had a stack of business cards in my in my desk. So I see what their businesses are doing. And if, if, if you're looking at taking that jump into LinkedIn, one of the things that that you can do is you can work with your employer to say, well, you know, what are the kind of things that I'm allowed to talk about? You know, what is it that, that you know, is there anything that, that, you know, as a firm that we are promoting that we want to get behind? And you can start using LinkedIn to actually help you within the workplace. Um, and all of that, you know, gets you noticed. And, and, you know, if there is a time when you are looking for work at some point in the future, you've now got an audience of a few hundred people that all know who you are. And it's much, much easier for them to recognise, oh, this is someone I know really, really well because they've posted all this great stuff and they talk really sensibly about the industry. And if they're looking for a role, is there a position here for them? So it, it's, it, you know, I, I would never, you know, I would urge people to say, don't just go onto LinkedIn and say, I'm aggressively going to find a job on LinkedIn because that's really going to turn people off. It is, as I think someone's put in the in the chat box, it's about building a professional network and, and building you know, that, that ecosystem of people that know who you are, what you're about, and you know a lot about them as well. Good, good advice, Dave. I think if I was just reversing it round, though, although we're not promoting using LinkedIn to actively find roles, if you think about it from the other perspective, if you are looking for a change in role, you're looking for a promotion at work or another job, don't be surprised if somebody who is going to be interviewing you or vetting you for that position is actually going to search you and find you on LinkedIn. Yep. So I think from that perspective, you might not be using it actively to find something, but other people might be actively using it to do a bit of a background research job before they go and invite you in for an interview or they take you through to the next stage of the process. I, I do that when I, whenever I interview anyone, first off is look at their, uh, their LinkedIn profile. When I go to have meetings with people that I've never met with before, I will look them up on LinkedIn and I'll send them an invitation prior to the meeting. Uh, as kind of like almost a looking forward to meeting you this afternoon. I thought we'd connect beforehand and just have a little bit of a nosy to find out a bit more information about them. So yeah, it's, it's, definitely a tool people will use if they want to find out more about you brilliant well we'll talk more about using it to develop a network in a moment but just to go back to the profile because i think it is important that people maybe do take a moment to go and review their profile what's that saying about them you and any other tips on how your profile can stand out i'm thinking about the picture about no key bits of information that you feel really should or maybe shouldn't be included within your profile um look i think yeah i think we obviously you know covered it in um in terms of of the picture what i'd say if you're going to template it you know picture of yourself however you want to you know come across if you're a bit more you know professional um if you're a bit more smart casual you can make yourself come across that way in terms of the header um, you know, I'll go for potentially just a, you know, a stock image of, 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 you know, the company that you're working at, keep it in sort of in line and in brand because, you know, LinkedIn's used for your brand. Also the companies that you're working for, you're going to want, you know, there's a duality of benefits to be had there. Um, and that's why it's, um, why it's, why it's good. Um, but I think that that kind of covers, um, you know, most things as to just the profile itself, you know, what we want to see, but you know, the recommendations are great and they're a great kind of, you know, validation. And then just another touch point that, again, you're a real person. You're not just, you know, a, a profile on a screen. Um. So let's think about building that 
virtual network. Um, maybe Catherine first. Any any tips we can share for somebody that's new to this? They may mm -hmm. be in their first job. What can they do to try and build a credible network within the the platform? Yeah, well, I think once you've set up your profile, obviously that's that's stage one because everybody can see you then. But you know, there's there's the engagement, there's the posts and all that kind of stuff. But actually, really, before you even get into that, you need to sort of start connecting with people because there's no point posting anything if you haven't got anybody that's connected to you that's going to see it. So, um, you know, connecting with everybody that you work with and then having a look at who they're connected to, connecting with friends and family, because, of course, all of their connections will then potentially be open to you, depending on the kind of settings that you have. But probably not worth going into all of that this, this evening. Um, but, yeah, so so actively building your your contact base. And as Dave said, you know, if you're going to meet anybody, if you've got clients, connect with them. You, you know, I don't, I don't think you need to be particularly precious about it. There's a lot of sort of willy nilly connecting going on out there. And I don't think that's something to be frightened of, particularly, you know, people connect with me. I've got no idea who they are, but they look vaguely presentable and, you know, you don't know who they know and what they know and what they're going to talk about, which might be of interest to you. So I think the whole point is to get outside of your own network. So don't just stick with the people that you already know, because, you know, it's a big world out there. And uh, and the more people you connect with outside of your own network, the, the more you'll find out. So I think, you know, that that's sort of building your network initially is is kind of the, the place to start um let's just, just let's just pause there and take that yeah. one on because we've had a question in the chat box um you mentioned just trying to link with colleagues to start with and then trying to grow it to as many people as possible mm -hmm. um maybe dave if you could chip in someone's asked are there any unwritten rules about who you should and shouldn't connect with have you got any personal stance on that one dave with regards to your network of connections I always think it's it, it it's good etiquette to explain to someone why you're trying to connect to them. Um, I, I think that if you get an, an unsolicited request of someone saying, I want to be part of your networking, but no idea who they are, then that can be off-putting because there are a lot of people that will just spam accounts. Um, but this, I don't think there's anything wrong with um, just saying I'm a, I'm a young finance professional. I'm looking to expand my network and I'd be really interested to connect with someone with your experience. I don't think anyone will be really, really offended at that. And, you know, the worst thing they can do is they can just decline your invitation. But yeah, it would just be a case of be polite. Look, you know, I would look at things that are going to be relevant to you. So are they in your industry? Are they in your region? Um, you know, you, you could build a brilliant network of people by, you know, by, by looking at finance professionals in Kansas. But I, I'm not entirely certain how how much you can contribute to that particular network of people and how much they can contribute to you. So it probably isn't going to be best to go in, in that direction. So I would look at people that are local to you, people that are in the kind of industry that you're that, that you work within. Um, and, and yeah, just be, be polite and, you know, don't take it. And personally, if people decide that they're not going to connect to you. Brilliant. Thanks, Dave. So sorry, Catherine, I interrupted I'm... you. You you were moving on. Um, so aside from making those connections, what else can we do to try and use the platform potentially mm -hmm. to engage further? Yeah, um, I think it's good to, to get involved. There's there's groups that you can join that, that, you know, can share some interesting stuff. So it's worth having a look at local groups and obviously First Intuition. I'm sure, you know, you can follow companies so that, you know, the, the, the news that they share and the comments that they share. 
um, will appear on your news feeds. That's all good stuff to do. Spend a little bit of time just seeing what you're interested in and what's relevant and following those companies. Um, you know, it's it's nice to, to, to like and share posts, um, particularly posts that have, have gone out from your own employer to like those. That's good support for them and helps them increase their network. And, you know, and if you can comment, if you've actually got if you've got something interesting to say or something encouraging or sort of confirmatory to say, then it's, it's nice to put a comment. I think even the most experienced LinkedIn posters you know, probably still look back on their post to check whether anybody's liked it or not. There's a little needy part of all of us that, that you know, thinks, oh, God, does anybody like what I've written? Um, so it's nice to do that for your own employer. I'm sure they'd appreciate it. And if you have clients or customers that you're working with, I'm sure they'd appreciate the same. Um, it, it's also, you know, if you're looking to build up your own credibility, um, purely for your own sort of career enhancement, be it internally, externally, or just for your own network, um, really nice to share posts that other that, that you you know agree with other people have put out there particularly if it's um you know acca aat aca related posts or industry news quite nice to share those sort of safer than creating your own content and certainly a lot easier than sitting there thinking oh god what am i going to write about myself i feel like i want to post something i've got all these connections now but i don't really know what to say you know if that if that is the case probably don't say anything at this stage and find something interesting that somebody else has shared and and help them put that push that further across to your network as well um but as i say sort of curating content which is you know how they describe engaging with other people's content and sort of trying to expand it out um is a really nice way of not having to sort of put too much of your own creativity into it but increasing your own profile and your credibility across your connections mm. um I think that's a, a really interesting point. And I guess our stereotypical student has got lots of different avenues that they can share other people's content. I know that you've mentioned the ACCA, SEMA, AAT. They will have content out there that you can comment on, you can share. First Intuition release commentary. And as if by magic, we are joined by another FI colleague. I hope he doesn't mind, but I'm going to say good evening, Gareth. Thank you for joining Gareth is very prolific on putting out content as well as sharing other people's content. I would say also your employers, your current employers will have presumably their own content and they would love it. I am sure if you would just broaden the reach of that by sharing it within your own networks or commenting mm -hmm. on it. Dave, how much of the content on your LinkedIn page is you writing it versus how much of you sharing and commenting on others? Uh, it, it's far more me commenting and sharing on other people than me actually writing stuff myself. So, um, you know, I, I will be on LinkedIn most days to find out what's happening and I will comment on other people's posts quite a lot. And then I will then post my own content kind of intermittently around that. Yeah, it's quite hard work to keep coming up with your own content all the time. And there are some people on LinkedIn that will do that really well and they build up massive followers. But, you know, I mean, they're professional networkers. They're building businesses, you know, as accountancy students. You know, you probably don't need to, to be mm. doing it to that extent. And it's interesting to sort of see the comments that these big, big names, you know, the kind of comments they're generating, because you do get a really good cross section of what the world thinks about, you know, whatever's going on, you know, you can really get a sense of what the business world is thinking and doing and the direction it's moving in by looking at some of these, you know, big names that have got big followers and, and getting a good sense of, of what's happening out there, which is quite nice when you're working in your own company and, you know, want to see what else is going on. It's not always easy to know. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we, we, we've likened, you know, LinkedIn to, to networking, modern networking. 
and you wouldn't go to a networking event and just sit in the corner, not engage with people, not speak to people. And that's just kind of the, you know where the engagement comes from. If it feels alien to actually, you know, engage and comment on something or feels forced, you know, when you're at the, you know, those in-person events, you are forced to forced to do so because you can't you can't hide away. So, you know, it's just taking you know a bit a bit of a leap, I guess, sometimes for some people because it can be a big thing to you know comment on someone's post to, to offer your own thoughts to you know just even introduce yourself a little bit further. Um, but one of the ways that you can actually, you know, I guess uh, comment on on things that are going on as well was, you know, we discussed, you know, commentary on articles. Um, so LinkedIn have a feature called Editor's Pick. So you can essentially repost an article with your commentary on it. Uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, anything incredibly, you know, uh, technical or anything like that. It can just be, you know, your th thoughts on what hybrid working is, any sort of changes that be made to, I guess, you know, any any sort of, you know, academic curriculum for yourselves. Um, and then the uh, you know you, you've got a chance essentially for, for the editor to pick it, and then it gets highlighted and shown to other people. And it just kind of is another another way to you know boost your own credibility. Mm -hmm. I suppose I'm I'm still sitting here thinking, but surely I've got nothing that people would want to hear about or see. Gareth has joined us. Gareth, if you don't mind, I'm going to come to you. Um, what tips, advice have you got people thinking? Surely people aren't going to be interested in what. I'm up to today. Uh, thanks, Ben. Um, I mean, my, my view, and it, it becomes habit, I think, you know, a, an important part of it is habit. And for me, the key on something like LinkedIn is consistency. And I try and post at least once a day. It's a habit I've built up over several years now. So I, I barely have to think about it now, but you still have to come up with that content. And the way I think about it is, does one interesting thing happen that I come across in a day that somebody says to me or I overhear? I mean, you're going to have one interesting thing happen in a day, aren't you? And if I find something interesting, I figure surely other people might find it interesting too. And it's not always the case. I mean, some of the stuff I post gets very little engagement, but some of it does. And there is an element of, you know, the more you throw at the wall, the more will stick. Um, so I learn many many years ago to not overly think what I post it's more important to post than to worry too much about what you're posting um but but I think as as Catherine was saying actually the you know a, a nice gentle way in is to comment on other people's posts um I mean I'm not too clear on how the algorithms but work but I'm something somebody said to me is that sharing stuff is not as effective as commenting on people's posts. Cause if you comment on somebody's posts, you'll appear in all of their connections feed and it'll appear in your own connections feeds as well. Um, and the one real game changer for me actually, cause I never used to engage with competitors on LinkedIn, you know, why would you, but actually somebody once said to me, if one of your competitors invited you to come to a conference with all of their clients and asked you to speak, would you? And I thought, well, yeah, of course I would. Well, why wouldn't you therefore comment on their feed? Because that is you talking in front of all of their clients, probably all of their contacts, showing your thought leadership and showing your knowledge of something. So that really changed my mindset on engaging with competitors or people I wouldn't normally touch with a barge pole. But yeah, so for me, you know, commenting on other people's posts is quite a gentle way in. Um, but then I, I literally keep lists of, you know, when things occur to me or I come across something interesting, I'll put it on my little LinkedIn list. So that if I'm a bit dry one day, I can go to my list and think, oh, right, yeah, that happened four, four days ago. I'll post about that. 
Mm. I guess from the perspective of, of most people joining us this evening or listening, got to just um, play a bit of caution on the other side. You've got to be careful, the stuff you're posting. I've seen a few comments in the chat box saying make sure stuff is authentic, stuff is fact-checked. So I think students need to be slightly aware of the, the, the commentary that they are making. Be professional, obviously. Be polite. I would suggest a good place to start is go back to your employer. Ask your employer, what's our business's strategy for social media? Would you like me to try and either write some content that maybe could be approved internally and then I can put out and the, the employer can also share or get actively involved in promoting their own official social media channels? Catherine, any, any hints and tips for the, the quality of that stuff going out there for people? Um, no, I mean, I really like what Shivali has written in terms of being authentic. I think there's loads of different uh, voices on LinkedIn. And as long as you are authentic to yourself, you know, then, then you're always going to be OK. Um, you know, and there's always people, you know, you can see all the comments and people are disagreeing with each other and having heated debates. And actually, that's what it's all about. So as long as you're genuine to yourself and as you've said, professional at all times and polite, then then it's nice to be able to have a, a good discussion. That's sort of the whole point of it. Um, you know, in terms of the, the quality, I mean, you're all professional people. You know, I wouldn't imagine there's going to be any sort of quality issues. But, you know, I just think actually you don't need to sort of think, oh, I have to write something really long and interesting. And actually, most of us probably don't read that that many long posts anyway. You have a quick scan at the top and then kind of, you know, scroll on. So, you know, keeping it short but relevant um, and, and respectful to the person that you work for. And like you say, checking in on their strategy so it's in line. You know, I think that's all you need to think about. You know, I wouldn't want any of you to go away from here thinking, oh, God, it's so much more than I thought it was before I went to that, that seminar. You know, it's that you can overthink it, but, but really keeping it simple, professional and, you know, authentic is, is a great sort of strategy. Mm. Something I see a lot, and Dave, be interested to, to come to you on this, and I'm sure Gareth sees it as well, um, I see lots of students actually sharing what studies they're doing on LinkedIn and particularly successes. One of the days I absolutely love to go on LinkedIn is when exam results come out because you see lots of, of students saying, I've just passed this unit and it gets a bit of a buzz going. Is that something you also partake in, Dave? I would say over the last year or so, there's been a massive, massive increase in, in the numbers of students that I've seen. Um, yeah commenting or, or posting when they when they pass their exams and when they've been successful and you're absolutely right I, lo I love to see it and you know I always make a little comment to say well done and um, it, it's really yeah really quite a special day when um, it's results day and you get all of those messages so yeah I, I like that um, and, and again it's it is one of those things that does remind people about who you are and what you do um, so you know if you if you've got um, if you're working in practice and you know that some of the firms that you audit you know, some of their, their people, their finance directors online, and they see that again, it's going to, it's just going to make them think a little bit more about, you know, that person that came to towards it, their work, they are a real person, they have been doing the profession, same profession exams that they did all those years ago, and they recognise how, how difficult those exams are, and what an accomplishment it is, so yeah, I, I love seeing that. Um, seeing you know that those big lists passed, and then you know it, when people are unsuccessful, um, I, I, I think it, it it can kind of help a little bit to see that well, next time that will be me or to be able to say, how did you pass 
you know, what was it that, you know, what, what made the difference this time when people said they've passed after three attempts? So it's really good to share all those, share the stories of what of, of what's happened to you, but also kind of help other people as they're going through the same study journey. The other thing I see more and more is other people sharing in that success. I see lots of posts actually from the employers of students celebrating the success of or we're in the office today and ex-students just passed an exam. Let's all celebrate together. Gareth, have you had much experience of seeing that where employers actually want to promote their student success? It gives credibility to them as a great place to come and work and a great place to train at. No, yeah, definitely. Um, in fact, once somebody once said to me that your comment strategy is as important as your content strategy. Um, and, you know, just in the same way as I was talking about, you know, if you're commenting on other people's things, you appear in both your feeds and their feeds. Same is true with those success stories. It really helps to, to move it forward. I always find there's a very close relationship between the engagement I get on my post and the number of comments there are. And I always make sure I, I comment back to the comments that I have, because uh, that kind of conversation just helps to, to push it on as well. And I think, for, you know, from our perspective, for instance, I then love to post my own comments on those success posts because then your name pops up alongside all those, you know, partners of the firm who are commenting as well. And it gives us the kudos. So um, it's quite important, I think, to um, identify somebody wants to describe, you know, whose conversations would you like to be part of? You know, whose, whose audience do you want to be in front of and make sure that you're engaging with and commenting on. It's, it's so easy to do likes but I think actually commenting on stuff is, is so much more powerful and just gets you noticed mm -hmm. a lot more yeah I just uh, spotted Judith's comment on on the chat which is which it feels a shame as we've come on to talk about personal brand we've actually put jo Judith off the platform altogether so I'm sorry about that um but uh, actually th there is so much positivity on LinkedIn there's a lot of human sort of content isn't there and there's quite a lot of chat about whether human content's really allowed on a professional site which I always find entertaining I mean we're all humans at work aren't we so really is, is there any difference but you know and certainly is the one group on our on our site we're always posting new starters and celebrations and promotions and great days and you know good times and treats and trips there's you know, so actually, if you do have a stressful day at work, it's quite nice to go onto LinkedIn and see all the good things that are happening out there. And it's quite cheering. So I think, mm. Judith, even if you don't sort of, you know, if you, if you find the whole sort of idea of LinkedIn and content and creation and all that kind of thing quite overwhelming, you know, you can be quite fairly silent on LinkedIn and just have your basic profile and, and just watch for a while and see what sort of things people are talking about. And, um, you know, it's quite interesting and it can be quite, quite cheering. There's quite a lot of nice stuff on there, which I think makes the business world seem like a nicer place. Certainly a nicer place than the news would probably have you, have you believe. Yeah. And I guess um, as well to kind of address how, you know, how do you stop it becoming another social media? I think, I think it's, it's tough and it's kind of about how your approach to it is, um, you know, how, you know, how you engage with those people, just to sort of echo what, what Catherine said. I think at the heart of it, it is a social media. Um, you know, with a professional aspect to it. And, you know, you don't have to post on there everything about every day. But like Catherine says, you know, just base positivity, posting your wins, shout about your wins, learn from your losses. It's a, it's a great platform to, you know, be able to just, yeah, engage in that content. If, like I said, if, if you see someone doing well, it's so great to comment on them doing well and sort of breed that positivity. And, you know, a lot of people believe in, you know, if you put something good out, something good will come back. Um, you know, not, not not to be a spiritualist, but it's just something to uh, you know to, to potentially think about. But um, 
yeah, to avoid it becoming social. If you don't want it to be social, you can post completely professional only, you know, don't engage your personality. That's fine. A lot of people are private. You don't have to do so. Um, but similarly, if you want to, um, you know, if you don't want to be just known as, you know, you and the recruiter, you know, I, I want people to know that, you know, I play rugby outside of it. I've got, you know, other interests, other things that, you know, engage me and make me more than just my title. Uh, again, it's just a, another touch point to, to you know, emphasise that, you know, you're a person outside of, you know, your role. Fantastic. Thank you, Ewan. Um, yeah, I, I see. And actually, increasingly, I think it's been the, the single biggest change I've seen in LinkedIn over the years that people are now much more confident to share a bit more of their own self on the platform. When I first went onto it, it was very much almost that just directory of contacts and very little about the individual. I suppose just a word of warning, the stuff that you're putting out there is seen by colleagues, by your employers, by clients. And so just make sure that it is at a level that is not going to do anything to undermine your professional credibility, the professional credibility of your firm or the institute. But um, with that in mind, I think people genuinely like to know the personal story. It's no different to a face-to-face -face meeting. And probably the thing I would like to, to maybe head to next in our conversation, Catherine, at the start, you mentioned we used to get together in Peterborough of days of old. Mm. We used to run a few networking sessions, invite a few people in to come and have a chat. Are you worried do you think the fact that linkedin profiles now mean we've got a much bigger reach we don't actually have to leave the house if we don't want to do you think it's actually done away with or at risk of doing away with the need to meet people face to face to network i think it's certainly done a certain amount in that direction i mean we're you know in the recruitment industry we we We've seen a massive change. We used to meet everybody before we, we placed them, you know, et cetera. Everything would be meeting based. And now it's very much teams based. So I'm sure you've all felt the same thing in your businesses. So, so yeah, there's definitely a very online world now. And if you don't want to step outside of that, you don't have to. And you can live a perfectly, you know, normal, reasonably healthy um, and professional life, you know, from your own four walls. But, you know, we've found recently um, that we've started attending and hosting networking events, um, whereas previously they would all have been webinar based. And actually, there's a real sort of enthusiasm um, in these networking events and people are really enjoying getting back together. So I think actually, it's, you know, I mean, you can't speak for everybody, but there is definitely, you know, a growing body of people out there that actually want to get out and talk to people face to face. Um, you know, the networking events that we've attended have been, you know, really good, as I say, full of people that, that really want to chat um, and, and they're busy, you know, much more than I expected. I thought it would be quite a slow start to get back into this, but I think people have really missed it. They really see the value of it. And there's a lot of business going on through networking far more than we used to see, I think, because there's just that sort of enthusiasm to get back to it. Um, and certainly the events that we've hosted as well, we've had a really good attendance to. Um, and we sort of thought, well, God, will we ever be able to get back to this? Does people really want to get in a car and drive over and, you know, eat our croissants and drink our tea and hear what our speakers have got to say? But it would seem that they do, you know, which and it's just so nice. You know, and even if you don't get a huge amount of people, just to have some people in a room engaging, listening, chatting afterwards, you know, we're humans, aren't we? We need that in our lives. And, um, you know, I'm all for it. And it looks like plenty of other people are as well, which is really good to see. Hope so LinkedIn has its place. In, in the yeah. chat box for some face-to-face. -face oh, really? Yeah. 
Yeah. Dave, you unmuted yourself. I'll, I'll come to you next. Do, do you see LinkedIn replacing those face-to-face connections or actually being a supporting tool to help improve the quality of the networking? I'm definitely on the, the latter side of that, Ben. Um, I, I was just going to chip in because the, we, we had lots of people in the chat box saying that they prefer face-to-face meetings uh, and I am 100% of the same opinion. Um, Two weeks ago, I, I I got up at six in the morning, got in my car at seven, drove for an hour to the other end of Essex um, to go for a breakfast, a networking breakfast for a couple of hours to then drive an hour back to, to, to get into work. And I would do that tomorrow because I really enjoyed that. I cannot tell you the number of webinars that I've turned down because I cannot stand just sitting again at my desk, watching a screen and then having to go through the whole rigmarole of who's speaking next. And I I don't feel that you can really get any of your real personality across, any of those personal things that that Ewan talked about in that environment over in the way you can, if you're actually sitting down with someone and having a conversation. When you said supplementing, Every single networking meeting that I go to, I will guarantee you there will be someone there that I know because I'm connected to them on LinkedIn. And I had a phone call today from someone that is a a business that's never done anything with us that phoned up the office. I happened to be office. I picked up and and spoke to them. We exchanged details. He said, oh, you know, I heard your name's David. What's your surname? Can I get your email address? And I said, David Malta. He goes, oh, yeah, I know you from LinkedIn. Um, so there's lots of people that I know from LinkedIn and, that, and it, it, it helps, you know, almost the start conversations or just gives you that bit of credibility when you first meet someone. So I think it's, it, it's there and it can help. But I, as you know, people have said that they, um, they, they, they don't like the idea of it. And you know, if you don't like the idea of social media in general, you don't have to take part in it. You know, that there are, there are plenty of people prior to LinkedIn that would never ever have gone to a networking meeting and they, they weren't the people that built that kind of network of professionals that they knew and they worked in, in, a, in a different way and it's, it isn't for everyone and if you don't want to engage you don't have to at all but if you you know you are keen as I know you are Ben and I know Gareth and Catherine and you and you know you all pride yourselves on having a professional network and understanding what's going on in the market it's a really really good place to find that out. Fantastic. Well, as regular listeners know, we always get up to about this time. And I say, I've just looked at the time. We are really up against the clock. So I'm going to start wrapping up stuff for this evening. Thank you, everybody, for your contribution. The chat box has really been buzzing tonight. So it's obviously um, a topic people are interested in. People have got comments on. Um, If nothing else, go and try and link up with each other. If anybody wants to come to these sessions and share their LinkedIn profile in the chat box and and make connections within the the student body at FI, that's a really nice way to broaden your your network. I've got to formally say thank you, Catherine, for joining. Thank you, Ewan, for joining. Really interesting to hear what you've talked about. For the, the guys live in the session, I have shared further up the chat box a really nice guide that that Ewan and the guys at the One Group have put together on first steps to vetting and checking your LinkedIn profile. I'll see if we can get a link to it also for the podcast listeners put into the show notes. So if you'd like to do a bit of further reading, it will be there. Um, For everybody else, thank you so much for joining. For the podcast listeners, thank you for your continued support and downloading. And we will be back for another episode of the First Intuition podcast next week. Thank you very much and goodbye, everybody.